March has been named Problem Gambling Awareness Month. And with that in mind, we turn to Arlene Simon and Judy McCormick from the Delaware Council on Gambling Problems for some advice. Ladies, thanks for joining us. We appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for having us, Chris. We appreciate it, as always. Arlene, we'll start with you. Your thoughts uh, as so-called March Madness gets underway. (laughs) Well, that's exactly what it is. Madness. (laughs) Um, It's supposedly, I, I just heard a report that it is the largest March Madness even beats out the Super Bowl as far as the amount of money that people wager on these teams. That's a very scary thing. The tournament, though, is the most prominent gambling opportunity right now, but really gambling is becoming more and more prevalent to the point where you you can't watch a sporting event without seeing a commercial for two, three, even four casinos or sports betting apps. Uh, How much does that worry you? A lot. It worries us quite a bit. In fact, it's it's part of our daily conversation. Uh, We have people call all the time that tell us they can't even watch because they have a tendency to gamble. Um, They can't even watch a sporting event just for the enjoyment of it anymore because there's so many commercials about uh, DraftKings and FanDuel, yeah, and the other uh, groups out there and all of the casinos that they can't watch a game because it's very troubling for them, very difficult. Yeah, and the other problem they face, I'm sure, is the technology. It used to be you had to go somewhere to make oh, a bet. Of course. And now you can just yeah, sit on course. your living room couch and do it right on your phone. Absolutely, of course. Um, but, you know, it's all about um, the money and uh, what, what the states and the government get out of all of this. And, uh, unfortunately, gambling is not put on the same level as drugs and alcohol. Uh, Many people still find it to be a moral failing, and they don't believe that it's really a true addiction. Of the increased opportunity for gambling, has it become harder to identify a problem gambler? There's a couple of things I would address that with, um, Chris. One is there's blurred lines between gaming and gambling, and so there's a, a pretty big misconception amongst the general public as to what it is they're doing. They might be on a, on a video game and it might be um, a video game about sports and they may be wagering things that may not be actual money at the time, but they could be wagering coins within the game and then they get into different kinds of, of uh, cards, sort of like baseball cards and basketball cards um, they get into things where they are using them, they have an intrinsic value, and so they're wagering those. And so it's very hard to tell when you're gaming and when you're gambling anymore. And as a result of the pandemic, more and more people have been sucked into their phones and their computers as a result. They're not going out to these games, they're not going, they're, they're staying inside and using all these apps that are so readily available to wager things, not just money, but other things, um, in order to try and get something better. 
Arlene Simon and Judy McCormick from the Delaware Council on Gambling Problems joining us. What are the signs that people should be looking for to tip you off as to maybe there is a problem? Well, number one, if gambling is all you think about and that you can't wait to get back to the, to the gambling, whatever, whatever type of gambling that you're doing, um, if the level that, you, that you're gambling at present if that's not enough, if you feel you have to keep increasing and increasing the amount of money that you're spending in order to get that high, that satisfaction with the gambling. Um, and if you think of nothing but gambling and you ignore your family, your job, your responsibilities, uh, that's a big one. And with kids, their grades start going down. Oh, yeah. Because they're preoccupied with their gambling game. That's all they can think about. So preoccupation is big. Gambling beyond what you can afford um, is, is also a big indication that there's a problem. Basically, if your gambling is, is interfering with your life in any significant negative way, chances are you are developing or have a gambling problem. If I were to picture a so-called gambler, I would picture a, a man. But because of technology, I get the feeling it's not age-specific anymore. It's not age-specific, and it's not gender-specific. Although a lot of the research does point to it being predominantly male, that does not mean that women don't get into problems with gambling. A lot of women have a tendency not necessarily to be in the highly risking kinds of gambling. They get into more things like slot machines and lottery, that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't like making sweeping gen gen uh, generalizations, Chris, because I think that anyone at any age, at any time, um, can develop a problem with gambling if their brain is is set up to do that. There's a lot of brain chemistry that has to do with addiction, whether it's drugs or alcohol or gambling. And so if you're born with a brain or come from a family where addiction has been a problem, um, you are at higher risk of developing a problem also with gambling. And there is that genetic tendency. Arlene, because of how things have changed, how has treatment changed? How has what you do changed? Well, basically, we do pretty much the same. We have our treatment providers. We do provide 20 sessions, free sessions, to the gambler or their loved ones. It can be their kids, their spouse. Um, we do do that. Um, we also have something that we started during the pandemic, which has been hugely successful, where we're doing virtual support groups. And we now run them probably every day of the week. Uh, we have uh, someone in the office who is a, a peer specialist who does that. And he has upwards of 20 to 25 people at any one of these virtual sessions where um, it's not GA. It's something, something that we do. And it's where they can talk and get the support and uh, help that they need from others with the same kind of problems. And it's been very successful, something we had never done before. Now, that's been the advantage of the pandemic was the advent of Zoom, 
which has really opened up our ability to reach people on a peer basis, like Arlene was talking about, and even our treatment providers will also meet. They don't just meet people face-to-face. If the client prefers, they can be met virtually. We're able to reach more people where they live. If you or someone you know needs help, where should they go? Who should they turn to? Our helpline is 24-7. People can call the helpline at 24-7, and you will get a live person. It's not a recording. It's not a callback. But you will get a live person that will be able to give you some support until they can get you connected to a counselor or a support group. one 850 And why don't you give us your website uh, while you're at it as well? D-E- problemgambling.org. Arlene Simon and Judy McCormick from the Delaware Council on Gambling Problems, uh, thanks for your time this afternoon. We appreciate all the insight. Thanks so much. Thanks, Chris. And, And to your audience, just be careful. If you're going to participate in gambling, be mindful of what you're doing, especially during March Madness when people have a tendency to gamble more than they can afford. And don't hesitate to call the number Even if you just have a question, if you're a little bit concerned, you don't have to have a a real problem at that point. We have a number of people who call with a concern. Am I gambling too much? And we can answer those questions. 